management, leadership. If you're all about that, I know that you're ready for the leaderish podcast. Ay, change your mindset because it is vital. Remembering the leader is not all about a title. It's about helping others level up, get their best. Talking about the skills, time to focus, time to represent. Hey, Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the leaderish podcast. Hey, let's go. The Leaderish Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leaderish Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brandy, and oh my gosh. This season has been amazing so far. If you have not already listened to episode one and episode two, you got to go back and listen. Let me tell you, I was going in, okay? And if you know me, you know, I can get a little bit of a tangent. Sometimes I get into my preacher mode. Sometimes we have to pass the collection plate. Sometimes I have to call you up, not call you out. And it's been an amazing season so far. So welcome to episode three. I believe that leadership is the great equalizer, not education. I believe we are in the biggest leadership crisis that the world has ever seen and that we need more leaders. We do not need any more followers. And so if you were listening to this podcast, my job, my mandate, as a matter of fact, is to help you activate your leadership, is to make sure that you know what you need to do, how you need to show up and how you can serve and help others in your workplace, in your business, as an entrepreneur, in your family, whatever the context is, my goal is to help you get one step closer. At the end of the day, leadership is going to be the great equalizer and the thing that's going to help you to get that done, period. Okay. And here's the thing. Every episode, I'm going to be reviewing your responsibility. Like this is a two way street here. This this isn't all on me. We need to make sure that we keep our relationship tight. And so that being said, I have some things that I'm going to ask of you. First of all, every single episode, I want you to grab at least one gym. Just at least one gym from the podcast, something. Now, if you listen to an entire episode and can't find one gem, okay, then please stop listening and find somebody else. That just that just means that this is not the show for you. But find that one gem, um, you know, apply it within 72 hours. So like take action on it in some way in 72 hours. It may taking action may not necessarily mean showing up in your office and all of a sudden doing something differently, you know, and and, and try, maybe so, like at the staff meeting or in a feedback session with someone, may, maybe that's it. But, but really it may just mean, um, it may just mean looking up and reading deeper on a concept or something that I mentioned, you know, it may just mean, uh, writing a plan, writing a note, writing a strategy for how you're actually going to address something that you need to improve. So make sure you take action within 72 hours. Uh, step three, you know, I believe closed mouths don't get fed. So reach out to me. Um, you can text me. I have an amazing advice community for leadership and career and things like that. And I want to help as many people as possible. So reach out, I have a text message community. My number is 215-608-5687. That's 215-608-5687. Shoot me a text message. Let me know if you have a question. Let me know if you have a real scenario. I'll make sure that I answer it um, on the podcast. We may have a special Q&A episode or I may mention it just in one of our regular episodes. So do that. And of course, just let me know if you want me to keep you anonymous. You know, I will. I will not put you out there. So and last but not least, I, I think your last responsibility is lean into the discomfort. At the end of the day, when you are building your 
character, when you're building your leadership, when you are thinking about ways that you can improve how you show up, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like being comfortable is not a prerequisite for change, period. I say that all the time when I speak and work with uh, clients in the diversity and equity and inclusion space. Hey, you don't have to be comfortable. I was uncomfortable when you said comfort is not a prerequisite for anything here. At the end of the day, th this whole this whole uh, professional development realm, when you're really developing professionally, there should be some discomfort involved because that means you're stretching. And so it's a journey. Leadership is a journey. It's not a destination. And I want to be uh, in partnership with you, you know, on that journey. So let's get it in. So episode three, wow, this is really something that came to me really when I was in prayer one day and I, I said, wow, I feel, I feel it in my spirit. Okay. I feel it in my soul here. Like we, we must lead like our lives depend on it. We are in a time in our world, in our history where, trust me, there's a shortage of leaders. There's not a shortage of people with titles that should be acting like leaders, but there is a shortage of actual leaders with the character, with the integrity, with the wherewithal, with the mental resilience, with the maturity, with the emotional competence. I could go on. We are in a place in a space right now where leaders are nowhere to be found, nowhere to be found. And, and they, they, they don't come a dime a dozen. They're like, you know, few and far between. And so we really need to kind of take a step back. And, and when I say lead like our lives depend on it, at the end of the day, we have to start with ourselves first. So I'm going to break that down in today's episode. Um, but before I do, I got to plug my book, Put in Work, Gain Respect, Influence Others and Get Results as a Leader. It's on Amazon. We have sold thousands and thousands of this book really to corporate, to corporate and to colleges and universities who have bought hundreds at a time as a genuine resource. Um, and so make sure that you grab that. If you are from a corporation or an organization and, and you would like more than 100 copies, even more than 50 copies, I think I got to make sure I don't get in trouble by my team for, for saying this, but um, reach out, reach out to us, whatever contact information that you have and let us know and we can make that resource available for you guys. But really just re get it. It's on Audible. It's, it's on Kindle, like no excuses, because it's going to give you a lot of this day in, day out strategy for how you can be showing up as a new leader. And here's the thing. A new leader doesn't mean you just got hired as a leader. There may be some of you that have been a leader and having that title for 10 years, 15 years, but it's a new leader because you're showing up new. You're showing up in a refreshed way. You know, it, when you just because you have worked somewhere for 20 years or an extended period of time doesn't mean that you're any better than you were on your first, second or third year. That's an assumption that we make. But some people are repeating. They're stagnant. So they're repeating that same third year, fourth, fourth year as a professional. They're just repeating that until retirement. And they haven't uh, grown. They haven't adjusted. They haven't adapted. They haven't gotten any better, any sharper, any more valuable to us. But they're there. And so when when I when the title says, you know, gain respect, influence others and get results as a, as a new leader, it's really for us to reimagine our leadership and step into it in a different way way. So got to go grab it. Now, I'm actually going to start something else new um, starting this episode, but I want to really break down a, a thesis for every single episode. Most of the time, my thesis is going to be the title, right? So for today, my thesis is we must lead like our lives depend on it. And, and here's the thing. Our lives are more than just professional. 
And, and I believe that leadership is about the whole person, not just you at your job, not just you in your business, not just you as an entrepreneur, not just you in whatever other setting in your association or wherever you are in a leadership role. Um, and so we have to, first of all, think about this and think about how we're showing up 24 seven. Here's the thing. The truth is that there are areas of our lives that are negatively impacted when we don't show up as a leader. There are areas of our life. And here's my goal is to help you all be in alignment across all of those areas. So I'm going to break down the different kind of life domains, so to speak, and and make sure that that you can do a little bit of a personal audit today on which areas of those you really need to think about activating your leadership in. OK, now I'm going to give my personal story. So I'm going to, you know, hey, and guys, hey, don't judge me. This is the no judgment zone too. Um, I mentioned it last time. I will call you up, not call you out, but we, but we are going to address things. We are going to confront dysfunctional patterns so we can get out of our own ways. But I'm going to use my personal example because I've been blessed to receive favor when it comes to my education. Education was not easy for me. I'm really not that smart, although I have a PhD. Uh, I'm not that book smart, traditional smart. I'll say that because I, I I come out of agreement. I am actually very smart. Okay, but um, but but I'm not that traditional book smart person. You know, I always have to read, even to this day, read things three or four times sometimes to get it for my comp reading comprehension. But I, I've always been a hard worker. I've always been someone who in you know elementary school, middle school, high school, college, I will do the work. I will put in work. You know, I will take the extra time, go the extra mile to try to get things to where I believe it needs to be. It, does, it doesn't come easy, but I've received favor in that domain. But one of the things I realized really in my late 20s, early 30s was that I was showing up and excelling in education uh, in my, you know, in my 20s, I had my PhD by the time I was 30. So in my 20s with education, I was excelling in that area. In my career, I was doing good. In my business, I was doing great. Hard work, hard work, not easy, but I got, but here's the thing. I was not doing well in my personal relationships. I wasn't. My network wasn't my net worth. You know, all that stuff that your network is your network. You know, that stuff that they say, you know, it wasn't. If my network was my net worth, then baby, I was bankrupt, okay? I was in the hole. I was on overdraft because I was surrounding myself with individuals and people that really did not um, rock with me. I mean, that's the best way I could say they didn't rock with me. They really were not happy at my successes. They actually were secretly jealous. They didn't want me to do better. They didn't want me to strive. You know, they laughed at the fact that she takes things so serious all the time. She's so extra and she's so this. She's always trying to be so, you know, it's those little jokes that like are really not jokes. You guys ever had folks that like, it's, it's really real, but they try to say it as a joke. But because of my insecurity, because I wasn't leading my personal relationships and, and never was taught and never even understand the concept of really leading in my personal relationships, I spent years and years and years being around individuals and people that were not serving my best interests, that did not really uh, want me to win or want to see me um, be excel at all. And so my point that I'm making in this story is leadership, when you truly get activated and it takes time, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a little bit of time, you know, it doesn't take like five years, not even two years. 
I think in one good year, one good focused year, you, the goal ultimately is to get into alignment, get all of those areas of your life into an alignment. Because here's the thing, I still, I have, I have no full respect for you. I will be respectful to you. Don't get me wrong. Cause you know, people will twist what you say. Dr. Brandy says she is disrespectful towards people. No, I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> I did not say that. But what I'm saying is I will be respectful towards you, but I do not fully respect you if if you are the best award-winning professional with a fancy title in your organization, and you're killing it at your job, but your home life is a hot mess. But you're not a le- leading your household. I will not I don't care if your your home life is amazing and you're the best mom or you're the best dad, you're the best daughter, you're the best parent. I don't care what category or whatever, right? Awesome. That's great. But why are your finances a hot mess? Why are your finances the way that they are? That's an area that you are not showing up as a leader in. Hate it, hate it or love it. I'm just saying that's how I think, because at the end of the day, when you when you are around and surrounding yourself with people who can really add value to your life, you always have to wonder why they're struggling in a certain area. And does that mean you cut people off because they're in a season where they're struggling financially or they're in a season where they're home life is a hot mess, but their work life is no, because there, there are so many caveats and nuances, right. To what could be going on. So we're not going to judge. I have been there, but at the end of the day, this conversation is really about you. It's about you doing that personal audit. So let's break down some of these lifestyle domains or these life um, domains. First and foremost, let's talk about finances. And here's the thing. I'm going to use most of these examples. And I'm going to be honest and candid with you guys and put myself out there. I don't care. I have nothing to hide. I'm so grateful the Lord has brought me a mighty long way. Okay. A mighty long way. So, but I want to, I want to do that so that you guys can get some real life examples of what I really worked through. This isn't remixing book knowledge. This isn't, Oh, she, Dr. Brandy, she, she, she learned this. Um, and then this is like the theory she's putting it together. And then that's not what this is. <clears throat> that's not what this is. This is literally you all listening to a real person who dug myself out of some of the, um, you know, most horrific really situations through leadership period, building my character, and getting it together. And, and, and we think about these phrases that we use, like you got to man up, woman up, put your big girl panties on, you know, put your big boy draws on, you know, all these little colloquialism and things that we say. But at the end of the day, my thing is, yo, be co- lead that, lead that. That's it. Yeah, you, this requires no putting of draws on or pants. I don't even know why we're talking about undergarments. Like it's one of those things like we, we really just get too raw and real sometimes. It does not take all of that. We get what we're trying to say. But at the end of the day, it's really leadership that's lacking. Let's talk about finances. Let me tell y'all a fun little story. Story time. Can we go into like a quick story time um, so that I can share and be candid and share with y'all a little bit about finances right a time that I really had let's go let's go into the all right that was our that was our dream sequence sound effect okay I'm just saying okay anyway so um but let me tell y'all about the time my car was repossessed y'all Ooh, ooh, and you know it was all my fault it was all my fault but I'm gonna share with you guys about this so I'm struggling got student loans out the wazoo Sally Mae hitting me up. You know what I'm saying? Like we're on a first name basis. 
And have you ever been in a financial situation where it was really not that you didn't have the money? It was a cash flow issue, right? It was like everything hit at the same time of the month. So you had to literally do like trigonometry in order to figure out if I pay that, this and this, this won't get cut off. And then that, if I do that part, then this can go on. Then what I can do is call them, move the due date. I mean, I was in there literally like a beautiful mind, okay? Trying to sketch out how I'm going to be able to get through the week, how I'm going to be able to get through the month. And my car note. I hadn't paid it in a one month. And this is the stupid part about my whole situation. We just got to keep it real. This is, this, is the, this is when I look back on it. Sometimes we just be doing stupid things, okay? But when I look back on it, this is the stupid part about the whole thing. I was not like three, four months behind on my car note. I was like a hot two months. Like whatever it was, it was like, Two months, so it was like eight, like nine weeks. So it was like the first payment, and then it was like the next payment is due, and then I should have just paid it, right? I had the money, but I was holding on to the money. I don't know what I needed it for, but whatever it was, I just I just didn't feel, and part of it, I think, was just psychological. Like, I felt like I just didn't want to pay, and all I had to do was pay the one. I didn't have to pay all, everything in full. I just had to pay that one month to get caught up so that the clock wouldn't, like, keep ticking on me being behind. But whatever was going on, I was holding on to this money, holding on, holding on, holding on, ignoring the phone calls, and I had this plan of what I was going to do. I was planning I was going to do. And let me tell you, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and my street was a quiet street, okay? Like quiet. And I heard a tow truck. And I already knew they coming for your car any day. That's how I peek out the window. I'm like, <sighs> and you know what? I thought I was slick. I parked my car all the way up the block. I said, if they go down the block and they look where the house is, they're, they're going to not see the car right there. So my, my little smart self said, go up the block. So I parked all the way up the block. Now, what I should have done was parked around the corner, okay? I should have parked around the corner and walked over to my home if I really was about that life. But I wasn't. I thought that by moving back about 10 spaces, I was going to dupe the tow truck guy that does repos for a living on this literally the same street. And he stopped, and I saw him get out. I saw the flashlight, and, and my street is so quiet, but I heard that engine, that, that kind of like growl of the engine. And I was like, to wake my neighbors up and my neighbors are nosy they'll be like someone was taking your car no no no, it was your car up the street we saw it last night it was like 306 in the morning and because like that's my neighbors I was like this is some so I see him he verifies the tags and everything and I'm like they about to take the car that's fine I'm like keep the lights off they'll go but no he starts walking towards the house I'm like so he's black. So this is a one way street and it's one of those tight streets where cars are parked on both sides. So the tow truck could barely for something and he may not even be able to get this car up out of there. Like, so if I can just let me tell you, that man walked all the way directly to my front door, rung my doorbell at 3 a.m. My dog starts barking bloody murder. I skibbity wee bop pop slide down the steps. OK, bust my kneecap out of the socket. And opened that door so quick. I opened the door and kept the lights off. That's when you know. Like, I opened the door and kept the indoor lights off to our house. And, like, all it was just like the, the light on the outside of the house, on the porch. The porch light was the only thing shining on him. It was straight up hilarious. It wasn't. It wasn't at the time. It was embarrassing. And I was thinking, my neighbors are looking out the window and they see the tow truck and they see the guy coming to my door. And 
this is what he did. He said, just give me the key and we'll drive it away. If you can just give me the key. Like we could do this the easy way or we could do this the hard way. So I, I gave him the key. And there was two people with him and he got in the tow truck, pulled out. And the other guy got in the car and just drove the car away, right? So I wake up the next morning and guess what? Of course, I see my neighbor Bob across the street. And his name is really not Bob, but it's like, good morning, neighbor. I'm like, good morning. He's giving me the look and I'm like, oh my God. He's like, what are you, what's going on? Are you taking so's car are you what's going on and I just was like oh my gosh my car um needs some work done but you know I have the concierge plan so they come to pick it up door door to door so like that's what they you know that literally that's the best I could do I was like oh no I'm on the concierge exclusive experience and um yeah he was looking at me like, this don't even sound right. But I played it off really good. Like, oh, yeah, I like to bring it back in a couple of days, blah, blah, blah. Y'all, I call, long story short, I called them up. I'm like, hey, my car was taken today, last night. Hello. Like, it was like 3 a.m. I called them at 9 a.m. when they opened. They're like, hey, um, yeah, just pay the full amount plus a $500 repossession fee, and you can get your card anytime. Y'all, I had the money. I had the money in my account sitting there. But here's the thing that I didn't allocate for the extra 500, but I had that. So what did I do? I got a ride over to the repo place on the same day. I was over there by like one or 2 PM in the afternoon and um, got a ride over there, paid them that money and got my car the same day. I wasted so much time. I wasted $500. I wasted, but here's the thing. The problem was I was not leading. I was not being a leader when it came to my finances. I wasn't. And it wasn't that I didn't know like, oh, I just missed that because I paid that bill and I didn't. I literally had that money sitting in my account, but I was so in a poverty mindset. I was so in a lack mindset. I was so scared and nervous and this, that that little, might've been like $2,000 or something that I had seemed like a million dollars to me. Like it legitimately did. And so that's an area where I was not leading my life, right? Relationships. I've experienced a failed marriage. I'm just saying. And part of it is because I spent time, too much time being a victim instead of actually being a leader and really taking responsibility, being proactive for certain things. I've experienced that professionally. You know, um, I've always been blessed in that area. Education, I've been blessed in that area. So I don't have much to add there. But for some of you professionally or even education-wise, you've really been slipping. You've been really average. You've been mediocre. You've been dropping the ball. You have not been on point. When you started your master's program or when you started your bachelor's program or certification, you was on point. You were you were hyped up. You were excited. But now all of a sudden, you know, you're not, you're turning in things late. You're procrastinating. You're turning in things of less quality. You're okay to just get by with a C or get by with a B when before used to really strive for that a those are those are little things little ways that we start to uh not show up really as leaders in those spaces also with your health health I used to be sick in the emergency room every single December in my 20s there was like a four-year period maybe even a five-year period Every single year at the end of the, I worked so hard. I burnt myself out so much. This is in my twenties. I'm trying to get a PhD. I'm getting a master's. I'm getting this, doing all that. I'm working these many jobs. Y'all know I'm Jamaican. So I, I got 75 jobs. I got this. I got that, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then it's like every single year around 
the holiday break, I'm in the emergency room thinking I'm about to die. And they say, oh, you're dehydrated. That's what you got. It's not death. It's, it's dehydration. Okay. Get some water and lay down, sit down somewhere. Period. So there are some of you where your health, you're not leading your health. You're actually thriving in most other areas of your life. But for whatever reason, you're making a choice because it is a choice. You're not stuck. And let, let, let's let go of the myth of, of the fact that we people don't have this. I'm just not disciplined. I'm not disciplined like you, Dr. Brandy. I'm not disciplined in certain things. I'm not, no, you are disciplined. You're disciplined in just the things that don't serve you. You're very disciplined when you pick up that Coke five times a day or that Pepsi. And really the real, the real ones that are really on that Coke and Pepsi, y'all don't even eat drink five. Y'all drink like, you know, 10 a day. You're, you're super disciplined with that. Let's not lie to yourself. You're super disciplined with Netflix. You're super disciplined with Instagram. You're disciplined with that stuff. So we need to really uh, start to acknowledge what's really going on in our lives. Also with some of your family or your children, you'll spend more time with your job and with your work than you will with your own kids that you gave birth to that you contributed to giving birth to or adopting or whatever it is or care, caregiving for, you'll spend more time. You'll shush your kids away to, to do something that has to do with work. You'll shush your kids so you can watch your TV show, but you haven't given them any snuggle time. You haven't given them any FaceTime. You haven't given them anything to really support it, their, their development yet. Here, Cause here's the thing. I, I'm a mother of two. So I understand I need my time. Okay, because if my kids could, they would be in my face all day. Okay, so I get that. I'm not talking to, to those folks. What about balance, Dr. Brandy? Because we do so much for our kids and blah, 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 blah. I'm not talking to y'all, right? I get it. I'm one of y'all. But what I'm saying is don't not engage with your children and, and not um, make deposits into their relational bank account on behalf of your job, which will fire you for any reason that they want to, which is actually stressing you out more, which is contributing to your health declining right now. Your job is, but you, you're not spending time with the people that mean the most. And even spirituality, this will be the last kind of category. Re regardless what religion or all of that, it's not about that, but really that time, that time to, to reflect, to connect with a higher being and a higher source. There are some of you, that are struggling in life, struggling professionally because you're trying to do it all by yourself. You won't even acknowledge. Here's the thing. This is what someone told me, which was so profound. And it, it was a breakthrough for me because I was a workaholic and having a good work ethic and being a workaholic is two different things. We get that mixed up, messed up and mixed up a lot. Oh, I have a good work ethic. That's all. I have a good work. No, you're a workaholic. That's an addiction. When you're a workaholic, that means you're using your work to stop um, to, to, um, you're using your work to deflect on other issues that you have to take the place of someone. So if you would stop working so much, if you would slow down a little bit, you would realize that there are some other things you really need to address in your life, right? Any addiction, any addiction is not, um, it's, it's, it's dysfunctional. Okay. No judgment on it, but it's a sign of a human dysfunction. And so workaholic and having good work ethic is two different things, right? And so what we want to do is start to, someone said to me one time that the trees don't try that hard to bear fruit. The trees are not, let me make sure this apple comes out. Let me just, mm. it just happens. The caterpillars aren't working to become a butterfly. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it just 
happen. The grass isn't trying to grow. If I can just soak up as much sun as possible, I will be able to be an inch taller tomorrow as a blade of grass. Like that's not what the birds, the eagle doesn't try that so hard to soar, right? It, it's not, it's not, that's not how it goes. When you are working in your sphere of, uh, when in your purpose, in your domain, if you're going with, it has a flow to it. And so for many of you, you actually are struggling because there's a deficit in what I would call that spiritual domain, realizing that you can't do it all on your own. You just can't. There are higher powers. They're higher, right? And so for those of you, and again, this isn't about religion or this or that, it's just this concept. It's, it's this universal idea. Look how amazing the world is. Humans didn't make this, right? But look at the world that we've created, the inventions and things that we've done from nature, from scratch. How is it that we came up with technology and the microphone and the cell phone and the this from the earth? It's amazing. And so for some of you, you need to slow down. You need to stop trying to do everything in your own strength. Leadership is, is a, a, you know, the character of a leader. When you really activate that thing, you'll be in alignment. Your finances will start getting better. Your relationships will get better. Your health, your professional situation, your education, your spirituality, your family, it'll all click. And so as we kind of wrap up for today, think about those areas that are not clicking, period. And, and, and what I'm going to argue is that they're not clicking because you're not fully showing up as a leader in that space, in that area. Leaders are problem solvers. They're solution oriented. They're not victims. Leaders take personal responsibility. They allow others to hold them accountable. They don't just do what they want to do when they want to do it. Leaders are thinking about other people, not just thinking about themselves. Leaders understand that they have such an important role and position that they can't be burnt out, that they can't be, uh, you know, um, um, mentally, they can't be off for too long. Leaders take care of themselves because they know the power of what they carry. One leader can do so much. Look at the leaders in our history. One leader can have such a positive impact. But you're not leading your own life. I'm just saying. So use this episode really as that personal audit for yourself and start to make a plan and a strategy for what you need to do. And don't be that person that's super uber confused, right? Don't be that person. It's not, a lot of it is you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. You know some things and some that you can do just on your own in the meantime, in between time, right? You, you, you should have that self-awareness. And I want to encourage you to do that. All right, guys, look. Please reach out to me, 215-608. Hold on. I always have to pull this number up. I, it, it should be memorized by now, but it's not. Okay. So give me a second. 215-608-5687. Shoot me a message. Shoot me a text. Let me know. What you think? What you think about this episode? Do we need to leave, lead as our lives depend on it? What do you think? What areas are you struggling with? Is it the finances? Is it the health? Is it the professional? Is it the spirituality? Is it the family? Is it the children? What one takeaway do you have? What question do you have? Send it to me. Let me know. Reach out. You can also follow everything that I'm doing on drbrandy.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-I.com. So great to have you on today's show. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hey.
Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the Leaderish Podcast. Hey, let's go. The Leaderish Podcast.